I'm Gab, he's Jules. Cloudy skies over uh, West London today. Uh, Jules, we have a full show. If I sound a little more somber, obviously it's because of uh, events in Ukraine. Uh, and we just hope that everybody can stay as safe as they yeah. possibly can in this situation and soon. But we have a packed show because we have the League Cup final. Oh, yes. Tremendous what game. Final. Events, though. Going on all over Europe because we we had Real Madrid stretched. Yeah. We had we have a legit three way race, possibly a four way race in City. Yeah, but let's start at Wembley because I think it was as good a nil nil draw as you're going to see. This was just yeah. like okay, all right. I make fun of the League Cup all the time. I think it's <laughs> a worthless waste of space and should be eliminated. However, maybe just have League Cup finals. Between, between, between Chelsea think, and Liverpool. Chelsea and Liverpool. Every, every yeah. year. Between Klopp and Tua. <laughs> Not just any Chelsea and Liverpool. But it just, just has to be Klopp and Tua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because this was... Um, I just thought this was a tremendous game. It had everything bar the finishing. Yeah. And obviously, you had the drama at the end. Somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. It's an incredible sequence of, of penalty kicks. Mm. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, these are two very good managers, sets of very good players playing very good football. Yeah, exactly. And we know how close they are. And when I saw them in the tunnel at Wembley just before coming out, talking to each other, joking, and I said, okay, this is we're in for a really good afternoon. Everybody was in the mood. Uh, and I thought the technical quality of the game was amazing. Apart from, as you said, the finishing, because I think Mount should have scored, Manny should have scored. Pulisic. Pulisic should have Pulisic, scored. Pulisic, I thought that was probably the worst miss out of all of them. Did you? It's I'm a side sure. foot. You're side footing it. From five know, yards out. I think the Manny one, considering considering that Mendy is already on the floor and he just literally but has to leave, lift the ball above him. Wouldn't we rather just say that was an unbelievable save oh, yeah, it was an unbelievable one of the greatest save. keepers in the world? Oh, yeah, of course. And for Kelleher as well. The Pulisic safe is a great reflex. I, I know the ball is a bit more on him, but it's a great reflex. Mount hitting the post and then all the chances, all the tension in the second half. In, in injury time, in um, in added time as well, uh, in injury time, extra time, sorry. Oh my God, a lot of time. <laughs> I thought it was just great. It was fantastic. And like I say, it's a shame in a way that this is decided on penalties. One of the big talking points, and you mentioned penalties. I'm, um, I, I can't help but talk about Kepa, right? And Tuchel came out and defended it. We, we've seen this before with specialist penalty-saving goalkeepers. Mm. And look, he's got all the stats. He's got all the analytics. He's not doing this because he wants to hurt Chelsea. And people are like, oh, but Edward Mendy won the penalty shootout. Yeah, okay, it's fine. Good good for Edward Mendy, right? If Tuchel believes that Kepa is better at saving penalties. Yeah. But there is an element of karma here. <laughs> There's an element of karma going back to, 2019. obviously, 2019, when, 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 when poor Gianfranco Zola next to Maurizio Sarri, you know, trying to get him to come off, to send Caballero off. Caballero, tremendous penalty yeah, uh, saver, by the way. Um, and he won't come off. Then he goes on. I don't think he came close to maybe one penalty. He dove the right way maybe once or twice. I, I, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of penalties. Yeah, Kelleher was close, closer to save one or two from Chelsea than he was to save Liverpool. He did the weird mind games on the Van Dyke one where he stands all the way yeah. to one side. And Van Dyke still puts bar, it yes. You know, ruffled the crossbar. My <laughs> issue is, you take, the, you take that call before the game, okay? Everybody's in agreement. Mm -hmm. Mendy, Kepa, all your staff, your captain, your... No problem. But you, you have to also take in consideration what happens in the game, in the sense that Mendy was a wall. He saved everything. So if you're a Liverpool player, you know, if you're Sadio Mane, going against one of your best friends, who's already made an amazing save against you in, you know, in, the, in, the, in the game, and you think penalties, you don't, okay, Mane was not there, so he would not have taken a penalty. But, but the psychology is the same. You know, and I think, I think 
surely what happened in the game has to come in. I know you can't change your mind now and say to Kepa, actually, we've changed again and you're not going to come on. Gabaski was a wall in the Cup of Nations final as well. And then, so I, I don't know you can necessarily go down that route. I mean, I think you have a plan, you stick to it. I'm just thinking of Kepa, right? You've built this reputation as... Yeah. It's a reputation that, yeah, I know he saved penalties and so on, but, I mean, he doesn't play very often. Tuchel puts his faith in him, and then you have this performance. I think even for him psychologically, it's one thing to go out there and say, I've got 90 minutes. Immediately, as a goalkeeper, if you screw up once, you screw up once, right? But it's so compressed. You're here to do this one thing, and it just ends up that way. But why don't you start him, then? Why don't you? Because he's not good. He's not as good as... Okay, the mind game, and the mind game is... To You're really so, good at saving penalties, and then we bring you on in the 190th minute to like to you know to to mess up with Liverpool's mind and mindset for the penalties and this and that. Except that it didn't work. I trust in Tuchel, but I want to touch upon this news from Saturday, which I don't know if I'm going to call it news because to me, as of right now, as we record this Monday morning, it seems like a non-story. Yeah. That weird statement from Roman Abramovich where he says, "For the good of the club, the situation in Ukraine, blah blah blah, I am passing the stewardship to." the uh, trustees and of the, the Chelsea Foundation. And the care. So the he care and the stewardship. He doesn't care now, anymore. I'm not a lawyer, but I've spoken to lawyers. You know, my thoughts on lawyers. And they say, well, this doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. He still owns a club. Apparently, it's not clear that they... they um, I know the, the trustees of the foundation um, spoke, to, uh, spoke to the club yesterday. They have another call on Monday to find out exactly what it means. It's a diverse group of people. Three of them are Chelsea uh, employees, including yeah, Emma Hayes, yeah, yeah. Bruce Buck, the chairman. Bruce Buck has been Abramovich's personal lawyer for 30 years. Um, and then, but then some of the others is like Piara Power. Yeah, who, Sebastian you know, former head of Yeah, <laughs> wow. he's a big Chelsea fan. Yeah, yeah, he and is. a bit of a Tory too, I'm told. Yeah. Um, it, it's just such a weird thing to come out with. Nobody quite understands what it means. My sense is that legally, PR-wise, this is purely irrelevant mm-hmm. and might have actually boomeranged uh, against them and, and hurt them a little bit. Do you think this could have been to diffuse the pressure in the sense that in the last few days before the statement, there was a lot of talk about uh, Abramovich, Chris Bryan, the... the uh, Labour MP came out and said in Parliament, oh, he should not own the club anymore, blah, blah. Because if that's the case, I think it got the other effect, like you said, the boomerang effect, in the sense that we've never spoken as much about Putin, Abramovich, no. Chelsea, than since the statement. Do you think it was maybe to protect the club in the sense that if some sanctions are taken by the UK government or British government or whoever, against Abramovich and some of his assets, freezing his account, freeze, well, they did that to avoid Chelsea being impacted because I'm not really sure, considering he's still the owner, that that's, that could happen. So like, what do you think? I, to take the pressure away, protect the club or...? I, again, I, you know, if this was a calculated cynical PR move, it was obviously badly thought out for all those reasons. Yeah, and the timing was wrong. Right? Um, it offers him no specific protection. Frankly, Chris Bryant is just some Completely. opposition MP, right? He's talking he's talking in Parliament under parliamentary privilege where this weird weird fun fact about the UK. You cannot libel anybody in Parliament if you speak under parliamentary privilege. Um, <laughs> You know, he was he was investigated. We're, 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 we're you know following the Berezovsky thing. We were told that um, this is part of the reason why he didn't get his permanent visa here. Yeah. He has an Israeli passport. I think he has Portuguese now Portuguese well. passport now as well. So Somehow. he's got his EU passport. He can. I mean, he's pretty well. I think if they were going to come after him, 
They were going to do it before. They, they've already named a bunch of Russian oligarchs. Yep. He's been outside of Russia for 20 years. He's obviously, he still has a lot of interest there and whatever. So it just seems completely unnecessary. And then even then, even if he thought this government, and by the way, the current government has very strong ties with a number of, 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 of Russian uh, leaders and, and oligarchs. Yeah. And if they're going to come after him, this doesn't protect him in any way. He's still the owner of the club. Completely. And finally, even if they were going to come after him, they're going to give you some protection. The most that they're going to do is they're going to freeze the asset. What that means is he can't sell Chelsea. He can't take money out of Chelsea if they freeze it as an asset. But he's a billionaire many times over. He's not going to. Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, what it, what it would do would probably prevent him from selling Chelsea, which is weird because if you want to get rid of him, that's probably what you yeah, would do. Probably, right? yeah, yeah. So I, I actually genuinely say. And again, I, I've met him a couple times. I don't know him. Very few people. A lot of people pretend they know him, but bet, yeah. you know, I just think the guy's 55. He's been through a lot. He's thinking, man, I really like Chelsea. Am I kind of getting in the way here? I'm not involved in a day-to-day running. But that's know. the thing. What I think well, the what, what, if he, people, what if he says like, hey, hey, you know, Svetlana, my secretary, let's write a statement saying that you know maybe this will maybe people will. Maybe people will like me more if I if I say I'm stepping away. I'm saying to these nice people from the from the uh, the, the the Chelsea Charitable Foundation. Fine, I I assume that's that, that's what he did. But somebody should have said to him, um, Roman, this doesn't really help you in any way. It just makes us look a little silly. Because a lot of people said, okay, he's stepping down from running the club. Well, he, he's not running the club anyway. <laughs> exactly. He was never running he's the club. Really he was never there. There's a lot of people that he trusts, of course, but who running the club on a daily basis. It's not him. You yeah. know, he doesn't know. What the people's name is at the club in the offices doesn't know what people I, do, or how much they earn, nothing like that. No, and and I think it's it's very evident that he's not running the yeah, club. Yeah, he feels clearly, the club yeah. is well run. That's yeah, why course. he's got a lot of faith in Marina Granovskaya and yeah. Bruce Buck. And the other thing is, those are your employees you're giving it to. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, exactly. Um, it's 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 a very odd situation. More about Chelsea on the pitch. We yeah. saw a big call um, with him starting Lukaku in place of Havertz. I thought Lukaku did fine when he came on. There's been some question, how does Tuchel feel about Lukaku, blah, blah, blah. I personally feel that Chelsea are still committed to Lukaku. They still want to make it work. In this game, mm. he felt Havertz was a better option, and he probably was a better option because you had a lot of yeah. you had a, lot, a lot of pace in there, a lot of verticality with, with Pulisic in there as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he can't have us can't run in behind the very high Liverpool line defensively like Lukaku could do, and we saw that when Lukaku scored that goal that was narrowly... Um, ruled out for offsides but what Havertz can do is, is play as a force number nine almost to have Mount and Pulisic making those runs maybe a bit more than Lukaku he can draw a defender out of position yeah, exactly. open up those holes yeah. and I, I thought Havertz was great you know he scored a goal that was also disallowed and rightly so for, for offside but I thought he created a lot of problems for, for the Liverpool defence and and the change happened at the right time too uh, and Lukaku had an impact a positive impact he was solid he was physical he was good so it was close of really close to working for, for Chelsea and Tuchel. Um, were you able to work out, again, this is probably more of an execution thing, right? His goal was disallowed for offsides. Now, I looked at the replay and didn't look offside to me. No. Me um, I There's some weird gremlins going on here. Like, should they... 
because you know we criticize them when they put the lines yeah and then we say oh no we don't want the lines and like okay fine but then you don't put the lines why the hell you call this goal offside i know and they showed the line on television and it didn't really look like an offside either my 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 theory as you know and that's me being very cynical is they were harsh on disallowing the matip goal and they disallowed this one i know it doesn't happen like this but but I thought it was really close. Both of them were quite close. Let's to get fair. to the Matip goal because the Matip goal was ostensibly disallowed because there's contact between Van Dyke and Reece James. James. So the idea is, as the ball comes in, Van Dyke is standing in an offside position, um, and therefore he's interfering with an opponent because he's stopping Reece James. It was very similar to the Maguire yeah. uh, incident, right? I didn't have a problem with that goal. You didn't? No, no, me neither. But I still thought it was a bit harsh because Rich James was not marking Sadio Mane. Rudiger was marking Sadio Mane. The ball would have still got to Sadio Mane, I think, even if Van Dijk had stayed. Right. It's fine, but Sadio Mane might miscontrol the ball. It might give no, him okay, time to come over and everything. No, no, I know. But I, I just thought it was a bit harsh. I understand it. And, I, you know, it was, I guess, the right, the correct decision. I just thought it was a bit harsh. Like I thought that tiny, tiny, tiny offside on Lukaku was a bit was a bit harsh as well. The other talking point was Naby Keita on on Chalaba in terms of refereeing decisions. Yeah. And I don't think that was necessarily terrible overall. I'm not gonna. It's not his fault with the Lukaku offside and so on. Um, some people felt very strongly that mm. that should have been a red. Yeah, Nader Manua, uh, or Nader Manua. So I thought it was a red straight away. I, I did think it was a red, and then watching the replays, I just thought. Shaloba is just quicker than 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 Keita, who's not far from getting the ball. And after that, you can, well, he can't stop his movement when he's 90% already in. If you see what I mean, I, I don't know what Keita could have done to 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 not touch Shaloba, for example. And I, I I didn't see much outcry either from the Chelsea players or from no. Thomas Tuchel. Uh, yeah, to me that was just a game thing. Yeah. One one for you. I thought Alexander Arnold had a terrible game defensively. And I thought a lot of time Chelsea were going on to his, his right-hand side, their left-hand side, that a lot of time he was out of position. There was a lot of room behind him in his back. Uh, and that they almost took advantage a few times, a few times on that. Not all the time, but even the runs, some of the runs that the Chelsea players made. Did you see this? Did, do you agree? Do you see what I mean? Or is it just me looking too closely at Alexander-Arnold and maybe because he gives so much offensively that this is part of it and he didn't help didn't get much help let's be honest from Henderson who I thought had a very average game as well I think with I mean, with Alexander Arnold it's always going to be an issue I think defensively not because he's a bad guy he wants mm. to be a bad defender but because it's so important for him to offer that creativity going forward especially in a game like this and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute where your one creative midfielder Thiago Alcantara isn't there yeah. right so who's going to provide the creativity it's got to be it's got to be Alexander Arnold mm. um I think there was also some element, because obviously he was on, on Alonso's side, yeah. where he figured Alonso is not as slow as people think. He's just a tall player, and so he needs to get up ahead of steam. I think Alexander-Arnold was very confident in his recovery ability um, on Alonso, but that left gaps when you've got mobile people yeah, yeah, behind yeah. Havertz himself moving yeah, yeah, and Pulisic going, getting into those areas. I think there was a lot of it. I think... Um, I think Matip actually did a pretty good job in helping to helping to cover him, but clearly that was going to, always going to be the vulnerable spot. Yeah, on yeah. That the side. plan was clearly for Havertz to move there, so Trent didn't know if he had to follow Pulisic, while Alonso was coming, and Salah 
doesn't really defend either. And then Havertz was also in that position. So I thought I thought it was very interesting from Tuchel. Again, it's, no, it's a no-brainer to target that side of the pitch. Another refereeing point I want to make, because I really like the guy. I really like Harvey Elliott. I love the way, obviously, I felt for him when he got injured. I'll yeah, yeah. this midfielder. However, when you have that Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kai Havertz incident, it's normal for people to come around. Harvey Elliott should know. He was very lucky not to have picked up a yellow there. The first person who comes in and shoves, especially after, you know, they, they, yeah, they put yeah, their yeah. heads together, and then Trent kind of moves his head to one side, it's over. To go in and shove, if you do that in a European game, you'll uh, get a yeah, yellow, yeah, you might definitely. even get a red, right? Yeah, yeah, the person definitely. throws himself to the ground. Um, I think that's a teachable moment. I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp said, hey, don't do that. Yeah, you know? oh, it, should, it should take... It should take um, um, the example of, of Tony Rudiger, of course, who's always involved in those. He comes so quickly from <laughs> yeah, wherever he's on the pitch, never gets booked, but always like he's staring and, and talking and like, you know, don't touch me and this and that. But, yeah, so good. I love that Rudiger, Rudiger Milner. Ah, because, you know, yeah. Milner's like Mr. Super Nice Guy, yeah, you know, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Brown. Um, and yet, you know, and, even, <laughs> even got inside Milner's head a little bit yeah, there on that one. I wanted to, I just want to touch upon Thiago Alcantara because we were talking about this before off air. The whole reason he was signed, and I didn't love the Thiago Alcantara signing, not because he's a good player, but because he's not a durable player, because yeah, he gets injured. Injury prone, yeah. Now, obviously, Klopp brought him in because he said, right, this is a guy who, in certain games, when the opposition parks the bus, when Mane and Salah aren't winning their one on ones all the time, when yeah. Trent Alexander Arnold isn't inventing from the right. I need somebody who can create midfield. Yep. And he looks at his midfielders and you know, they all have other skill sets, right? Definitely. Um, so you, he's there for games like these. He's there for these games. He's there for, for Champions League games. He's, on the other hand, he breaks down and all of a sudden you see how much the midfield suffers. Yeah. Elliot can yeah, offer yeah. some In of the that control of the game. Day, but yeah, completely. Um, this is, with, with Thiago, we could have seen a different game. Maybe, yeah. Certainly in the way... Liverpool could have controlled the game uh, a bit more at times, I and mean, which this was was great. It was it was so like from one end to the other, to the other, to the other. I think Thiago pushed his foot on the ball, and then managed to to control it almost by himself. And I think you you, you lost that. I think that had a big negative impact on Henderson. I think he also, and you saw his tears on the bench. The only issue I had is like for him to get injured in, in warm up where you do I know you get ready for the game but you do it's, it's a light warm up right you know you, yeah it must be like he, he was really really not fully fit right. so what did they bring him back too too quickly last week for example uh, should he not even have been on starting so then had he been only on the bench you could have brought him in for the last half hour which would have made an hour with 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 extra time and would, would not be wiser to do that than try to start him if, uh, if he breaks down in warm-up? I take your point. I'm always very wary because obviously we're not doctors. And if we were doctors, we haven't examined Thiago. And even then, even if we were doctors, we'd examine Thiago. No, no, what I you know. realize with sports doctors, they all you've got have 10, 10 of them, they have 10 different opinions, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they're frauds because, look, they're very important <laughs> what they do. But Well, lawyers and doctors now. No, no, no. Well, lawyers are just bad people. <laughs> doctors are good people who have different opinions, which is fine. Fair enough. It's, just, it's a fuzzy science, right? Yeah, yeah. All I would say, though, about Thiago is you look at his record throughout his career. No, and for sure. He's he doesn't play 30. He's played, what, 30 games a season, maybe just a couple times in his career. Yeah. Um, that's a problem. Yeah. That, I think, is is an issue. And if there's a weakness to this Liverpool side, it's the lack of alternative to, to Thiago. Yeah. Uh, many games, they don't need him. This one, I think, they, they could have used him. Yeah, yeah. 
I know you love talking about substitution, so let me ask you this. I heard somebody say on television yesterday that, ooh, Liverpool substitutions made Liverpool worse. Chelsea substitutions made Chelsea better. Is that a little simplistic? I, th I think it was a little simplistic, although watching the game, you noticed how an incredible bench this is from Chelsea. And that uh, Liverpool have not a, such a strong bench. They've got different players. If you bring uh, Harvey Elliott or James Milner, they're good players. They know your system really well and how it works and they, they would be good for you. But, I mean, if you bring Lukaku, Werner, and, and I know they... Right, one of those names isn't like I know, the no, other it's not because they Lukaku, cost a lot Werner, of money. and Georgia, yeah, okay. Werner no, no, doesn't just, like... like who's know, the odd man out here, Jules? I did think that Chelsea were better in, the, in extra time because, because of the substitution they could make, yeah. which is different. But I, I think Klopp and Tuchel will agree that the Chelsea squad is, is pretty impressive, really, when everybody's no, fit. I, no question about it. Uh, it is interesting, though. I thought they lost. I thought Luis Diaz was like a house on fire. No, oh, it was fantastic. And then obviously, I think he, you know, he spent so much energy. I think it was inevitable that that he would come off. Uh, Jota as well. I didn't see him. I don't think he's on. He's on the same level right now as he was earlier in the campaign. No, no, as well. yeah, yeah. And all these things coming together. Is he also an impact player? As opposed to a starter. Jota, yeah, yeah. In the sense that even when he starts, you could say that he sometimes. Take, I know he's called early goals this season, but. You know, he gets a bit of time to get involved in everything, and he's not as involved in the builder play than Firmino could be. So, as a Serb, I don't know how much you know you, you lose from that or not. But yeah, it's a, still there's still two fantastic squad. I think um, we need to credit all the penalty takers, especially the, the Liverpool ones, because all those pens were pretty amazing. I mean, for Fabinho to take a Panenka at that moment is pretty incredible. I think also. We have to talk about the quadruple gap. I was going to get to that. Um, before we get carried away with FA Cups and Champions League, just let's just saying. focus on the Premier League. Because the gap is six points. Mm -hmm. Liverpool have a game in hand. Yeah. And there's the head-to-head -to, -head to come. Yeah. Uh, City seemed untouchable. But we, do we have a title race on our hands? Completely. And... and April the 10th at the Etihad, that City-Liverpool is going to be huge. By then, the gap might be smaller, might be bigger. It won't be much bigger or much smaller, but it might be, or it might still be three points. And in that case, it's, it's game on. We've seen that incredible season with 98 and 97 points, that uh, John Stone's clearance for Sadio Mane on the line for like, what is it, like 12 centimeters or whatever. It could go down to such a thin margin again. And Liverpool can win it and go level and they have a better goal difference. City can win it and go six points. I'm not even sure with six points it will be over completely with 10 games to go or something like that or seven games to go, eight games to go. So I think it's great. I Could it depend a lot on what happens in Europe as well at the same time? They will both go through now to the quarterfinals. What happens if they face each other in the quarterfinals? You think City are going through? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you think yeah. Liverpool? In the, imagine they face each other in the quarterfinals. We could have the two quarterfinals, the league game, and and that could have a huge impact as well. It, it's going to be whatever happens. It's going to be amazing. You know, you know, you know what I would have said. If City play Liverpool in the quarterfinals, you know, you just know that our friends in the English media say like, "Oh, this is stupid. UEFA rubbish. They should." They should have kept them apart and they should move the final to Wembley, right? You, yeah. you, you know that that was yeah, coming. You know, you know what I love about Liverpool winning this? And I'm not a Liverpool fan, I'm not a Chelsea fan. But I like what Klopp said before the game. He said, this win will be for the whole club. He's used 29 players in this, yeah. in this, in this League Cup this season. And 
they would have been only what, 18 on the pitch, maybe with some in the stand. Let's say they've got 22 medals or 23 medals. I really hope they make the same medals paid by the club or paid by Jurgen Klopp, paid by whoever you want for the other six, seven, eight players who right now don't have a medal, but played, even if it's the first, the first round against, I don't know, the, the rubbish team from League One or whatever. I think every single one of those 29 players who played for Liverpool, even five minutes, like, you know, Kate Gordon and all those kids and whoever you want, have a medal because Klopp is right. This is this is a trophy and it's a small trophy. It's the first of the season, but this is a trophy for the whole club. And I think all of 29 of them deserve that same medal that Fabinho, Van Dijk, Salah, Salah and Mane will take home. I, I'm just psyched to watch this and I'm, I'm counting down to April 10th. And of course, the gap is six points. We'll get this in quick hits. Might just be four points actually, yeah. but for refereeing decision. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough League Cup. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. FIFA have announced preliminary measures against Russia following the invasion of Ukraine. These include having to play on neutral ground, not being able to play the anthem or display the flag, and calling themselves Russian Football Union. Yeah. Uh, kind of feels like the Olympics, doesn't it? Yeah. Joe, some think, many think, this doesn't go far enough. I, I do. I don't think this is far enough. I think this is a joke, an absolute joke. So they're not Russia, but you call them the Russian Football Union. That's what the IOC did. But that's, that's for doping, though. This is not for invading another country and starting a war. I, which I think is two very, 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 very different things here. What I think will happen is that this is not enough, which means that Poland will still not want to face the Russian Football Union. Well, they've already said they're not going to. So what yeah. are you going to do if you're FIFA? You, you, what? So, so Poland are going to lose because they're not turning up? FIFA no. have to go further now. UEFA will have to go further. Russia cannot play in the women's, women's Euros here in England. They're in the same group as Sweden. There's no way the swimming women's team is going to face the Russian women's team either. So the sooner they take a bad decision by expelling them from all competition, the better. So this, this came out um, from, from FIFA. It's what they call the FIFA Bureau, where they get the, the leaders of the six confederations, CONCACAF, yep. UEFA, Africa, and so on. And they get together with Johnny Infantino on a big Zoom yep. or Microsoft Teams, maybe. And uh, they say, what are we going to do here? Uh, from what my understanding is, the plan from some was, let's suspend them. Yeah, straight away, and said we we're suspending you, and you can come back. You can play in these playoffs. You can play in the Euros if you take these five steps. 
or, or whatever, and these conditions, if you fulfill these conditions, mm -hmm. right? Um, there were others who thought that that was premature. And the reason they premature felt... Premature in which way? Because the reason they felt it was premature is, unlike in the past, like in 1992 with Yugoslavia or, or South Africa over the years when there was the boycott over apartheid, there's been no, re no official resolution from the United Nations. And there were some of these leaders who felt that we're not a political body. We represent, the, we represent football, enough, we represent yeah. the interests. It's not good enough. I'm pretty sure they will get there and they will suspend them if the war continues and if they don't reach some sort of resolution. Um, I think part of the reason they did this was they want more countries to come forward and do what Poland and Wales and Sweden and Norway have done. But England have announced it already. France have said, the head of the French Affairs said, like, I want them out. So how many more countries? It's 211 member nations. If you yeah. get enough support, right? So listen... Imagine you're the head of CAF in Africa, right? You yeah. show up, and I would hope that you would have canvassed your members and say, hey, what do you guys want to do, right? But uh, who's going to say, yeah, I want to stay and play against Russia? Evidently enough, people have said that. Right. And you look, at, you look at, you know, the position that China's taken, the position that India's taken, it's up in the air. But we talked about Abramovich earlier. Uh, now, breaking news as we record this, his spokesman has said that, uh, Abramovich is trying to work to me as a mediator in this situation. Roman Abramovich, obviously, he's Russian, but his mother, your research mm -hmm. revealed, yeah. uh, is is Ukrainian. Yeah. Uh, her last name, she was born Mikhailenko. Yeah. Um, his grandparents were born in Ukraine. Grandparents born Ukraine. in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, he's Jewish, which is another sort of piece of the puzzle here because there have been you know different accusations of anti-Semitism and whatever. That this is part of the reason he's he's getting involved with some sort of mediation. Yeah, I, I find this surreal. But hey, we need all the help we can get exactly. to reach some sort of peace here. Right? Exactly. Back on the pitch, Gab. Barcelona beat up Athletic Bilbao four 0 on Sunday night. Between this and the impressive showing in Naples on Thursday in the Europa League, things are coming together nicely for Xavi. And Luke De Jong scores again. No, De Jong, come, come on, on I would have scored that header. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was impressive. I mean, obviously really some of the goals came late, but just just the flow. Uh, yeah. Pedri is back to to, to, to what he was. Oh, that injury. You see that nutmeg? Oh. That was a bit special. So far, so good for Chavi. Hey, they're not out of the woods yet. There's still a lot of competition mm. there. Mm. Manchester City went away to Everton 1-0 and stay six points clear of Liverpool, who, of course, have a game in hand. Were they a bit fortunate here? So, yes, in terms and no. of chance creation, stuff like that? Well, I thought the second half was much better than the first half, where they were really slow, and I think the, the rhythm and the aggression from, from Everton worked well. The second half was better, they still, Pickford had to come up with, with a few good saves. They were lucky on the goal they scored, though, because, I mean, Michael Keane is not a very good player, let's be honest, but that was bad. He and didn't get, there was a deflection and he couldn't no, sort his feet out. Come on, no. please. And then they got lucky on the penalty because that was a 100% penalty. I guess the argument is, is he on the sleeve or no? And uh, where the ball hits the arm of Rodri, I think you could tell by Rodri's face that he knows it's a handball. I think it's so obvious. And, and yet it's not, it's not given. And that's a bad one. But I think, I th I th I think they, they played some decent things. However, it's two games in a row now where they struggle a bit to get going, to be fair. And sticking with that game, Gab, of course, Frank Lampard Jr. is furious at VR, Chris Cavana, for not awarding that penalty on the handball. Does he have a point? What do you think? Oh, I know what you think. 100%. Uh, I did, Chris Cavanaugh, you put Chris Cavanaugh with poor Paul Tierney, it's like, it's like you're doing this on purpose, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know what this guy's problem is, seriously. 
At least have them look at it. What? what could be the reason? What do you think is yeah, the reason? Well, well because the, the, the PGM all came out with one of their briefings and they said, well, uh, it wasn't a clear and obvious situation. And it's like... What, clear and obvious handball? It was not clear enough. Well, it wasn't clear enough of how far up his arm it was. I'm sorry. This is specifically where there's still room for interpretation. This is where you want referees to do their job. You should have 100% you have Tierney look at it. Yeah. 100% you have to look at it that. and you evaluate he's moving his whole body so that he can intercept it I mean, what are we talking about here There's so what are we talking about here towards the board I mean, honestly it's, it's, I, if I didn't know better I, I refuse to believe that Chris Kavanaugh can be so bad <laughs> I, I, I think he's agent Kavanaugh who hates VAR and is trying to bring the whole house down honestly yeah, this, this is just this is just horrible yeah. this is, it, there's no possible reason why he couldn't have had Tierney show it and then look if Tierney still thinks that's not a handball, that's fine. Then yeah. let Tierney take all the flag. I know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The stars come out to play for Paris Saint-Germain who beat Saint-Étienne. Jules, this was pretty special. My favorite bit was Mbappe's Trivella cross, but why can't it be like this every week? This is, well, this is what it's supposed to be, right? I know, I know. And they went one nil down as well. We shocked a bit the Parc des Princes, I think, back to a full capacity. And then the Messi and Mbappe duo, more than, more than Neymar, but them two together, the two assists by Messi, one amazing through ball, the other one after like the dribbling and the skills was just incredible for Kylian. And then Kylian, as you said, the Quaresma-esque cross that you think is even better than, than the best of Quaresma Trivelas for Danilo Pereira, which is amazing. that's all he did. He just practiced that time and time <laughs> again. But, you know, Mbappe does other stuff. Listen, this is a, it's simple. Kylian Mbappe right now is the best player in the world. You all can right, give easy. me any name, any, I'm taking any argument right now. I challenge anyone yeah. to come up with who is better than Kylian Mbappe right now. There's you no better one. watch out because I can there imagine, no I can imagine Jan Agafjortoft, Erling Haaland, Alfie Haaland, Mino Raya, all okay. those guys coming by to your house in, and he's saying, now. say it to my face. He's injured now. So, so what, he'll so hit Erling, you with his crutches. Erling Haaland is not <laughs> better than Kylian Mbappe right now. Leroy Sané neither, but he came off the bench to rescue Bayern uh, away to Antwerp Frankfurt. Gab, this felt closer than he should have been. I, this just didn't look in the end What's you break it down this? you look at the chances created chances conceded and you're like yeah they come ahead but no I think they really struggled in the middle of the park yeah, because Sabitzer you know there were situations where you need to keep possession Sabitzer is just a vertical player which is fine for a different team so that put a lot of strain on Kimmich I think they really miss Goretzka yeah. people will focus on the back three but I thought Zula actually did did pretty well yeah, yeah. um 
it's just one of those things. But this was an important result coming on the back of, of obviously the Salzburg performance, uh, the, 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 the defeat that they had against Bochum. So, you know, besides with Dortmund screwing the pooch, you know, yeah. four points in the bag. Exactly. Vinicius and Karim Benzema combined Karim late to give Real Madrid a 1-0 win over Rayo Vallecano. Jules, between these two and Thibaut Courtois, Carletto is riding his big guns. So I've got a new, I've got a new uh, catchphrase. Karim the dream and Thibaut the hero. Because where would Real Madrid be without Benzema and Courtois? Thibaut the hero? You like Karim it? the dream works because Kareem and dream work. Thibaut, hero. But, oh, oh and oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. oh, and oh. Where would they be without them two? I don't know. Because Benzema, Benzema, lovely one-two with, with Vinny. And then... What rhymes with Vinicius? Snuffleupagus? No? Yeah. <laughs> right. I need to work on that one. Yeah, I'm not sure where they would be without Benzema. And Courtois, big win for Real Madrid. Wild scenes at the Stadio Olimpico as Fabian Ruiz buzzer beating three-pointer against Lazio sends Napoli at the top of Serie A. This was unbelievable. This wow, was, was all crazy. set up for Napoli to screw up because obviously yep. Inter and Milan had dropped points. Yep. They they were booed off the pitch at home and yep. they got humiliated by Barcelona. They drew on Monday at Cagliari. Yeah, they in the, the, the in, in the first half against Lazio, Lazio are playing them. Sorry, ball left Completely. right center. Then they take the lead and you think, oh, maybe, but no. And you expect them to collapse like a house of cards when Pedrito scores that phenomenal yeah. goal yeah. right at the end. But no, there's still time. And Lorenzo Insigne, man, honestly, big heart to him. Big heart. He's right there. He's from his favorite position to shoot. He doesn't. He lays it off for Fabian Ruiz in the final seconds of injury oh, time. Incredible. Fabian Ruiz, great finish. They're up there. They're yeah. up there. I, I am so impressed with their fighting spirit, their mental, all those things that we thought Napoli didn't have. Uh-uh. They showed us that they got big stones. Yeah. Jules, Napoli, of course, are top now because both me and Anita drew on Friday. If Inter win their game in hand, all three will be separated by a single point. This is a proper title race. Which way is it going? Yeah, it is. I So before Monday and Cagliari, which I was very disappointed by the team selection by Spalletti, the way they played. It's then, a curse of Mazzari. Then man. the Barca defeat. But I really thought Napoli, because I really have faith in Spalletti. I really tr I, I really I think that he can go and take this team to win to win Serie A, finally. Uh, and and I just think the, the Napoli-Milan from next week is huge. It's enormous. It's enormous. Uh, then there will be uh, other big games. Of course, I think there's an Inter-Juve coming too. But I, my money right now, if I had to pick the three, as much as I love Olivier Giroud, as you know, in Milan, will be on Napoli. No love for Inter. No. Tottenham roll over Leeds United 4-0 and Antonio Conte is happy again. So happy one day, then grumpy, then happy again. Uh, just a few days after hinting, of course, as we said, that he might leave. I mean, what is that? What you Italians do? Like this is what Antonio Conte does. Oh, okay, I don't. Fair. I don't. I mean, honestly, it's so doom and gloom. And then before this game, he came out and he says, "No, I'm like that. I don't take defeat well. I get grumpy. Everything's negative, and I need to go and metabolize the loss on my own. Like, like he's some kind of wild animal." <laughs> I look. I think people just have to accept that this is what he says. Don't put too much stock into his yeah, words. Into it, exactly. I don't get it as a leadership side. I think it undermines you when you say stuff like and this. And your players. But I think the players said, oh, look, it's just Conte being Conte. Let's focus on the positives, the fact that we're well drilled and we move well. And, you know, and this was a big win for them. And yeah, I, I think they can still finish top four. It's not 1% chance like Conte said. No. Manchester United are held to a scoreless draw by second bottom Watford. Oh. Jules, these are the kind of draws that can cost your top four yeah, finish. It is, Gab, it is. They were so poor in front of goals. I mean, not that they created a lot of chances, but enough created to win the game. Chances, of course, 100%. Enough. 
Cristiano hitting the post in a position where he must have scored in the 800 goals he scored in his career. There must have been easily <laughs> a third in that kind of position. And then this time he hit the post. Foster was, was okay in goal, of course, but this is disappointing. And I, you know, I think there's a lack of confidence for some players. Uh, and the answer is everybody say, well, keep working. Certain players, the same names. It's not Cristiano with a lack of confidence. It's not Bruno with a lack of well, confidence. You know, it's, it's, but that, that is a bad, bad draw. Bad, bad draw. Juventus win away to Empoli 3 2. Gab is really simple or straightforward with them, of course, but they're seven points back. You know, behind that front three, did you overlook them earlier when you asked me the question about the title race? I didn't overlook them. The gap is seven points, uh, which, you know, will become eight points if Inter win their game in hand. Yeah. That is a lot. There aren't that many games between now and the end of the season. And you got to leapfrog three teams. Exactly. That's, so that's what it is. Right now, no, I don't think so. And they have a ton of injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zakaria. The last, the Zakaria, yeah, of course. Yeah. Bringing it up to nine now. But Vlaovic, I mean, tremendous goal, such awareness. If, you go, if you're a young striker, go back and look at what Vlaovic does for the first goal because that, that is just genius, yeah, I yeah, think. Amazing. And, it's, amazing. and it's a game he plays with his head. Um, but no, they can finish the season on a high. But still, don't complicate this for yourself. You're 3-1 up, ride the game out, and then they concede again. This is still a team that's finding itself. Ticatito Corona shines as Sevilla win El Gran Derby against Betis 2-1. Jules are six points back. Julian Lopetegui won't go quietly into that good night. He's raging against the dying of the light. I know. I love the fighting spirit. This is good. You don't let anything go. I I think Acuna should have been sent off for the tackle on Fekir that injured him, by the way. I think that was he was really lucky to be on a yellow. But Sevilla were the better team. and, And Betis, maybe because of the Fekir injury... We're not, we're not as good. They didn't start well either. And Sevilla deserved to win this, this derby and stay very much... Pellegrini keeping. doesn't see it that way. No. He's become more grumpy these days. Yeah, he has, he has. Renan Lodi, of all people, backs two goals as Atletico Madrid beat Celta to stay in the hunt for top four. I mean, what a week for Lodi. He scores <laughs> in the Champions League and then scores two. The guy never usually scores. He's never usually good. Well, he's <laughs> never usually I good. Know. Defensively, he's not good. Um, you know, Simeone was all like, oh, look, we've refound our spirit. He's trying things. He's trying things. He had the lightweight, right, lightweight front two of Correa and Joao yeah, Felix. Kept front. the same eleven for the first time two games in a row. In the end, though, you know, the three defensive midfielders and your goals come from balls over the top yeah. uh, for for Renan Lodi. I don't know what the balance is. I don't know if he's there. It seems like every week he's inventing his... This wasn't Cholismo 1.0. This was like sort of Cholismo beta early release that we're seeing. <laughs> but they're still up there on the hunt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jules, stop me if you've heard this one before. Borussia Dortmund go a goal up against relegation-threatened Augsburg and then give the opposition a goal, leaving two (laughs) points on the table. Now, is this the weekend when they officially drop out of the Bundesliga race? Eight points back, ten games to go. They've already dropped out of the race. There's no race. They've never been a race. They 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 were never good enough anyway. They can't defend. I mean, you and I would be better 
in defense than Emre Chan, Akonji, Hummels, Schultz, Papa Schultz, anybody. I don't care, like I do. Like, this is not serious. This is not serious. I don't team. think, by the way, all those guys you mentioned are bad players. No, they're not bad. I just bad. think they're organized really poorly exactly. on the pitch. And, and you know what I'm starting together. to think? I'm really starting as much as we love Marco Rosa and as much as he did a great job before, he's not coaching them well. It's just, it cannot be just on, oh, they're not switched on enough or they're not attentive enough or they're not focused or they're not this. Listen, uh, There's they, a coaching problem here, I think- 100%. When facts change, opinions change, as I like to say, right? Yeah. And he wasn't good the whole last season at Gladbach, all of it. But we, we said maybe it's because he knew he was leaving. Yeah, but that, only was came, that. but that only came out, out later in February. They were already trending downwards true, true, um, true. at that point. And I'm not going to dump it all on him. I'm going to dump a lot of it on all the smart people around him at the club. Zork and Vatsky, these other people, yeah. Vatsky, all these other people, they sound like Batman, the original TV show, like special effects. All these people who are in there and assemble a team as if they're putting Panini stickers together. Uh, to me, that is a big yeah. part of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Take a bow, Yamami Pino, Villarreal beat Espanol 5 1 and up to sixth place, and he scored four goals, Gab. That's uh, Una Yamami's magic for you. Yeah, uh, what was funny about uh, the gold. I mean, I mean, Pino, phenomenal young player, oh, and twenty-one really or something, yeah. elbowing his way into into playing time. Started last season, you know, against bigger name um, competition. But uh, a lot of his goals, if you look at them, um, I think at least two. I mean, anybody could have scored them, but not anybody would have been in the right place at the right exactly. time, That's like he thing. was. Exactly. Um, he's such a smart player, whether it's from wide areas, whether it's moving inside. And yeah, I don't know how Unai is doing it, given the way Villarreal started the season. But they're in a decent position against uh, in the Champions League, where they play Juve. They're up to six. Um, I know there's still a gap between them and Atleti and Barca, but you know, and and there's this game against Juve in the Champions League where they can, you know, it's very much open for them to qualify and go through to the quarterfinals as well. So yeah, which by the way, I wasn't there for that. I was on holidays, you know. I watched the game. Yeah. Allegri saying, well, draw away from home, not a bad result. I mean, what, what are you talking about? Does it what are you talking that? about? You're, you're, you're winning the game and you let them get back into it. You defended for 90 minutes. Your lead after 30... It's crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. Big win for West Ham United as they down Wolverhampton Wanderers. 1-0. Thanks for Thomas Suchet. Goal. Thomas Suchet. Oh. I, as you know, I love Thomas Suchet. You are a big fan, you yeah. do. Jules, we expect them to fall away weeks ago. They're still there. It's like those rashes that never go away. Yeah, yeah. They're just a point behind the top four, uh, fourth place. I think two points. Been, or two points, maybe? Yes. They've been st- And Arsenal and Spurs have games in hand and all this stuff. But, but they're there. you win those games in hand, you don't know if you exactly. will have the points or not. So they're there. Credit to them for, for being there. They will have, obviously, a huge couple of games against Sevilla in the Europa League uh, next month. Oh, well. Like in a very, in a few days, which would be which would be fantastic, and I don't know. They still need Antonio to go back scoring, Jared Bowen, and all of that to try to make it top four. But it's a possibility. Let, well done to them. Let's play hypotheticals. If Sebastian Oller were still there, uh, would they be in the top well, four right now? I think there's a, there's a very good that's a very good question, Gav. Meanwhile, Leeds United have parted ways with Marcelo Bielsa. They're two points above the drop, Gav. But he's left his mark on the club and the city, of course. No question about it. And look, people, 
people who don't always follow Bielsa has developed this sort of you know hipster uh, this idea that for for a long time before he before we really came back to Europe at, uh, at Marseille and Atletico Bilbao, yeah. people were like, oh, what's the big deal with Bielsa? I mean, you know, if you said like, well, actually, he's got pretty radical ideas. He plays the game differently, and people love him, and he's kind of an oddball character. And you know, you're accused of you trying to be hipster, trying to show how smart you are. You know, it's kind of like you know when you're in school and there's always like the one weird kid who like <laughs> listens to music that nobody else listens to, and then it becomes yeah. popular. Says, well, I was listening to that ten years ago. Um, that's but Bielsa is mainstream now. Bielsa is mainstream. And the number of people who look at him and talk about how he has influenced them, how he has changed their lives, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I is. love people it who is. do things differently and attain success. This season hasn't not, worked out. It's not just him. They've had a ton of injuries this year as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. They're um, the worst hit teams in terms of injury. You rarely see such a strong connection between a manager, especially a foreign one, who doesn't even speak English <laughs> to the fans. So you can't even relate to what he says such a strong connection between a set of fans and the manager just purely on passions and, and the way your team plays. Incredible. Speaking of Leeds, pointing out the reporting that Jesse Marsh, former oh, Leipzig uh, manager, uh, is in pole position to replace Bielsa. Just a question of work permits. Does that make sense to you? I see the similarities, especially in terms of intensity and pressing and counter-pressing. Uh, no problem. Is it a bit of a gamble? considering where Leeds are and he has to keep them up and save them from, from potentially going down. I think it is a bit considering he's got no experience whatsoever of English football. But I like it. I like the idea. I like to go and get someone like Price him. speaks better English than Bielsa. It, it certainly. So maybe the message will, you know, will go through better uh, and he will transmit it better to dressing room. I think it's a, it's a dressing room that is ready to learn. We saw that with Bielsa that adapts quickly. And I think that can work. At Leipzig... Maybe it was, I, I just hope he would have learned from Leipzig in the sense that maybe you can't just walk in and go straight, all guns blazing on what they have to do and don't be a bit more adaptable. It's an interesting one to remember. I think a lot of his issues at Leipzig were that he was replacing a legend. I say a legend, somebody yeah, yeah, younger yeah. than he is, but obviously but, Julian Nagelsmann yeah, yeah. is He's a, a better coach player. than him as well. And obviously here he's replacing Bielsa, so he's replacing another legend. If I'm Leeds... I bring in Jesse Marsh. I, I, I somehow send a great, I somehow send a strong message, which is you're here because we believe in you long term. Yeah. You will keep us up. But if you don't keep us up, that's fine because we're going to come back stronger next year and you will have time to go and build whatever it is that you're building, take all your, your history from the Red Bull organization or whatever else, and we believe in you. You know, I think that has to be the approach with Marsh rather than, oh, look, he's a specialist at avoiding relegation because obviously he isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jesse Marsh is somebody who's always coached, or certainly always, but since Salzburg, has obviously coached very strong teams. Yeah, of This course. is not the case here. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's interesting. And, and he'd be the second um, American manager in the Premier League. Both of them, sadly, Princeton guys. Oh, you're not happy with that. No, Jose yeah. Mourinho, as it was suspended, of course, and watching from the team bus. But Tammy <laughs> Abraham's late, late penalty gives Roma a much-needed three points against Spezia. Still, got yeah, plenty of controversy, of course. I mean, they could have won that game 10-0. Okay. So sometimes more than one thing can be true. Yeah. All right. Um, it can be true that Spezia got screwed by referees in this game. Yeah. Because the red card to that guy, I'm assuming he's French, Amian, or... Yeah, Amian, yeah. <laughs> by the way, I, I, I felt... <laughs> that was bad. That was uh, terrible. And then the penalty itself where, you know, Maggiore goes to 
goes to clear the ball and the leg gets in the way. I mean, it's a bit yeah. dicey and it's the 99th it was minute a, or whatever. Tiago Mota said the referee should come out and apologize to us like they apologize to big teams. Or yeah, to mistakes. Milan, yeah, of course. All that said, I look at chances created, oh chances conceded. Roma I didn't look, I still deserved to win. It must have been like easily over five. All, all those shots that, that oh they're taking from like inside the six-yard box. Incredible. So, yeah, no, I think both things can be true. Yeah. Maybe Mourinho... Think twice about it when you go and complain about referees and stuff like that, right? Credit because they won the game, but equally, the referees certainly didn't hurt Roma in this one. No. Time to check in on our buddy Peter Boss, who's Leon's side, hosted Leon on Sunday night. Jules, how'd that work out for him? Not great, Gab. I mean, to be fair to them, they got screwed by the referee because Paqueta scored a, a valid goal. And, and the referee, who even went to see the screen, and kept his decision to disallow the goal uh, was was just it was just mental. So I can see why they f- they, f- they feel harshly done now. However, they were not good in the game at all. The only way they scored that goal was because Jardim made a mistake in the Leeds goal. Apart from that, and he made a couple of good saves, but I didn't think they were good enough. I think they're, they're still like stuttering again and and having good moments and bad moments. Peter Bosch cannot get any any some any sort of consistency with those. I mean, incredible player, and Dombele, Fev, Paqueta, Awa. I mean, Awa is injured, but you know all that talent that he has. And but he yeah. lost Jordan Shakiri, remember? Yeah, big loss there. But I, they're, they're eighth in the table, right? Yeah, it's, it's been there a while. Like the, the, the amazing thing, apart from PSG, but from second Marseille, and then Nice, and then all the other clubs to 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 even I think Lille in tenth. Everybody can still finish in the top three because everybody drops points all the time. But here's the thing. This is what gets me with everybody dropping points, right? And it's a question, are they leveling up or is it leveling towards mediocrity? Because when I look at Marseille in second place, and I think it's it's something like they have 47 points from 26 games or 27 games. Yeah, something like that. I mean, okay, 30 years ago, you might have finished, you might have won the league with that. But these days, the way the leagues are, you expect the team that's second and third to be right around the two-point a game mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's done that. So I'm I'm wondering, like, do they look at Boston and they think, oh, whoa, we're doing a great job because we're not that far away from the Champions League? Or do they look at it or do they do they not realize that they should be playing better football and yeah. doing better? No, I think it's a bit of both. I think Bosch is still in place because everybody's dropping points and he's still, he's still reachable to finish top three. But that that's can't the only be the criteria to, key, to, to control. True, but it's, it's, it's the fact as well, Gab, is that they still can do it somehow. I don't think they will, but they still can do it. And I think a lot of other clubs in that bracket between second and ten believe that too. I think it shows the strength of Ligando because it's a really it's an amazing season and it's a really, really tough season for those clubs who can't go away to certain clubs and where they used to win easily. Not not anymore. And I think I think that makes it really, really interesting. Brazil boss Chichi has announced that he will step step aside. Sorry, after the Qatar World Cup, Gab, those are big shoes to fill the first time round. And then, do you think that he would go to a club now and, and move into club career? And who would who would be lucky to get him? Uh, I generally don't know. I don't think he's ever shown much of an appetite to go into to club management in Europe. I think he'd be phenomenal. I think he's a phenomenal. I would love manager. him to. I would love um, him to. You know, I made the point at the last World Cup. Uh, I think I was at like four Brazil games. And every time what struck me, despite you know incorporating Neymar and whatever, they played like a club team. Yeah. The way they press, the way they move, the organization. It's not easy to do that. No, yeah, you've got definitely. a ton of talent, but you've also got a ton of individuals and so on. Um, he's so charismatic. Uh, 
he's he's really like the opposite of what they had before with Dunga and Scolari, oh somebody who's, who's genuinely uh, adored. Um, like, I, I just, I really want him to go well, be, do well, because he's a great manager. I don't think he needs to come to Europe to prove anything. If he no, wants to, not. fine, but think about it carefully. Find the right club. Yeah. Christian Eriksen made his debut for Brentford, uh, who lost 2-0 at home to Newcastle. And kind of getting sucked back into the relegation race Completely, a little bit. yeah. No wins Just, in eight, no? I never thought I would see him play again. Um, and I'm psyched to be back. Yeah, it's a miracle, absolute miracle. Um, as always with him, not showing any emotions. You could see, you know, not even a little smile when he... When he when he came on or when he was warming up you saw the family inside. exactly but it's all inside and the, the, the how do you call the, the thing he's got in his heart now in English the debrifilator the ICD yeah yeah that's also inside I mean I guess you you know it must be incredible for him but I guess you don't also want emotions to kind of override you I think he wanted to come on and have an impact to to try to, to, to bring the team back into the game he will I think he will have an impact on that team. What's incredible as well is that he replaced Jensen, who is who replaced him, um, obviously at the Euros with with uh, with Denmark. So just an incredible story. 259 days since the cardiac arrest for him to come back is again an incredible miracle, really. Back to Milan, where Zlatan Ibrahimovic is in contract talks at the age of 40. Gab, is he really going to take a pay cut and extend his deal? Would you would you extend his deal? We should have him on the show and ask him. Um, yeah, that'd be great. But uh, he's come out and he said, like, now I'm not retiring until I win something with Milan. So okay. if you're Milan, you're like, all right, well, if you're still going to cost us this much, we better win something <laughs> now. Uh, there's reports that he's taking a big pay cut, something um, you know that's going to be totally geared. It's going to be all bonus based. Um, I've been reading his book. I would love that. I read his book and he said like he just says he doesn't care anymore about money he just wants to keep going and the adrenaline and you know once you come out and you put that black and white on paper you know the club negotiating with you said like hey, hey, hey. it's true and um, like uh, it, it's interesting he's he's developed he's almost like a coach or he sees himself as like a coach on the pitch helping younger players and, and whatever and he doesn't demand to play every time he doesn't demand to take the penalties I think we're seeing a different slot on now and he just wants to make that moment last as long as he can. Fair and if enough. the price is right, why not? Yeah. A late Christopher Nkunku goal gives Leipzig a 1-0 win away to Bochum. Jules, my boy, Domenico Tedesco has them oh, flying up the table. Very good. And I have to say, I didn't expect it to be that good. I told you when he was appointed, I still thought the conservatism what that we saw. could be better, an Italian guy whose last name is German. I know, that's Literally fantastic. means German. Yeah, that's I fantastic. How, how? It's not however... But to go with that, as amazing as Tedesco has done, he would not have been able to do it without Nkunku because he had bailed him out, not just in this game where they were, they were okay, but not amazing. And in a lot of games, Nkunku came clutch and came big. And right now, I said Mbappe is the best player in the world. Of course he is. And best Kunku's French a close second. Benzema is the next best French player, but after that, it has to be Nkunku. And I really expect him to be called right, up. You heard March. it first. Nkunku is the third best player in the world. No, French player. Oh, so. third best French player. And I really expect you, Didier Deschamps, I know you're watching now, on March the 17th, when you announce your squad for the, the, the two friendly that France have coming up, that Christopher Nkunku is in it for the first time in his career because it will be fully so You're deserved. not double counting Edouard Mendy as both French and Senegalese on this occasion, yeah? Why? Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Right. He, is, he has the okay. two passports, so certainly. 
Josimeone gets a hat trick for Verona, who beats Venezia 3 1. Gab, he's got 15 goals now in Serie A this season, all of them from open play. He's called two and three and four and two. And he's having a better season than his dad, anyway. 100%. I think, you know, 15 goals, it's funny because obviously we're used to, you know, we count penalties, but he's certain the scoring table behind Vlavic and uh, Immobile. You take penalties away. He's level with those guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, that to me says a lot. It's it's funny because he's not he's not the most technically gifted striker in the world, um, but he plays with such an intensity. He's got yeah. such a football brain. Yeah, definitely. He's got that's what he inherited from his dad. You know, he's more handsome than his dad. Yeah, I think is. the gene pool was definitely improved by his mom. Yeah, he's but he still has that 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 fire he gives you sh- he gives you a shift but only in the top half of the table and he's a big big part of it definitely legendary whale striker john toshak is in hospital with covid complications jules our thoughts and prayers are with him yeah with him and his family of course legendary uh, striker as you said coach as well in in the uk and in and in uh, and in spain as well uh, very successful so we really hope that he can be looked after really well and, and come out of hospital and, and be with us for a very long time. I had the pleasure of uh, meeting him. Did you? I've never occasions. met him. No, yeah. yeah. He's a real, real character telling, you know, the typical thing, telling yeah, stories, gregarious, yeah. extrovert, uh, just a lovely man. Ah, oh, good luck to him. And shout out to our friend and friend of the show, former Roma manager Paolo Fonseca Gab, who made it safely out of Ukraine. Yeah, look, obviously, Shout outs to everybody who was there, who, who's managed to reach safely, especially, you know, a lot of the people who were there for work reasons, yeah, like, like the Zadby, the, the Shakhtar Donetsk, all those Brazilian guys and stuff. Um, and Paulo Fonseca's case is a little bit different. Paulo Fonseca, as you know, is unemployed right now. Yeah. He was in Ukraine because his wife happens to be Ukrainian. Um, and uh, they were able to get out. He sent a video from Romania. I don't want to single him out. A lot of people have these yeah. stories. We're singling him out because he's famous, because we know him. Um, but I, I use it as a symbol for, you know, just a reminder that there are people behind these numbers. There's always people behind these numbers. And there's a lot of people who, who just want to get who just want to get to safety. Yeah. And, you know, I think we all we all pray that they can that they can do that. Jules MLS kicked off this past weekend without Lorenzo Insigne, but the Warriors yeah, on his way. He's I know you're excited. Yeah, it was really good, and the, the times of the kickoff games were, was great. So it, you could you could watch a lot of it. It was really good. The the the, the title holders lost in New York City for the first game away in LA, but we saw really good goals. We saw Carlos Vela. We saw a lot of really good things. I think this could be a really good season. Some very very big signings come in. Uh, alongside Lorenzo Insigne, of course. So I think that should be good. Yeah, call me when the playoffs start. Yeah, of course I will. Of course I will. Manchester United have cancelled their sponsorship deal with Aeroflot worth around £8 million. Schalke have also cancelled their contract with Gazprom. Gab, it appears that a lot of clubs are taking very serious actions right now. Yeah, and look, whichever way, what, what, what really bugs me is hypocrisy in general, right? <laughs> whichever way you feel about this, the fact that clubs are acting, the fact that clubs aren't putting money first, they're saying these are our ideas, whether you agree with them or not. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think is encouraging. And you know what? We've been we've been cynical about United and Richard Arnold and the beard and all this stuff. And but you know what? This is kind of putting his money. Well, not his money. The club's money, the club's money. <laughs> where his mouth is. And and I, I think that sends that sends a strong message. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jules, that's all we got time Call for today. Already. But we got to come back on Thursday oh, yes. because we're going to have some midweek FA Cup, some midweek nice. Coppa Italia, and hopefully better news coming out of the Ukraine. Mm. And our thoughts are with everybody who is affected. Until then, 
Love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.